What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest on the war in the Middle East. It is day 11 of Israel's fight with Hamas, and now President Biden is making plans to travel to the region on day 12. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made the announcement after a marathon meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world. And he's coming here to do the following. First, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. Secretary Blinken also says President Biden's trip will send a message to state and non-state actors in the region not to try to attack Israel. He says Israel has agreed to work with the U.S. on a plan to bring humanitarian aid into civilians in Gaza. Well, Nathan, Israel's ambassador to the U.S. says his country does not want to occupy Gaza in the wake of Hamas's deadly assault. And Michael Herzog spoke to Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern and Joe Matthew. It is not our intention to reoccupy Gaza and rule over the lives of two million uh, Palestinians. That definitely is not the option. We cannot conduct the war only through airstrikes. And uh, as everybody knows, we are preparing also a ground operation. Ground operation doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to occupy occupy Gaza and stay there for years. Israel's ambassador to the U.S., Michael Herzog, declined to give a timetable for a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip. In the meantime, Karen, Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shtaya says his people will not be forced out of the territory. We are people of, of a civilization. We are not animals like they are painting us and our people will not surrender. And to let them know that our people will not migrate and will not leave the land. Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shtaya's comments come as the Associated Press reports heavy Israeli bombing in southern Gaza, according to Palestinian officials. That is the area where Israel had told civilians to take refuge. State media in Lebanon are reporting the Israeli army struck two border villages in southern Lebanon. The Israeli military had reported a shooting toward an Israeli border town earlier. Well, Nathan, it may be overshadowed by Israel's conflict with Hamas, but Russian leader Vladimir Putin and China's Xi Jinping are scheduled to meet in Beijing. And Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more. Putin travels abroad about as much as China's Xi Jinping. Almost never. Putin has an arrest warrant issued against him by the International Criminal Court. That's for alleged war crimes in Ukraine. But he's here in China to help rejig the infrastructure scheme that she calls the project of the century. Putin will attend the forum and meet Xi tomorrow. The two will no doubt laud their growing relationship, one viewed with caution by both Washington and Brussels. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Brian, thank you. Turning to politics back home, we're scheduled to get an indication today of how close we are to having a new Speaker of the House. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. Republican nominee Jim Jordan says there will be a vote today and that he has picked up critical support. It's not about pressure on anybody. It's just about we got to have a speaker. You can open the House and do the work of the American people and help our dearest and closest friend Israel if you don't have a speaker. So we get the speaker, we, we get the House open, and we get to work on uh, the resolution. 
Jordan says critical support from Armed Services Chair Mike Roberts, Ken Calvert from Appropriations, and Ann Wagner from Foreign Affairs. Vote may come as early as noon. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Right, and thank you. Turning to the markets, bank earnings continue this morning with both Goldman Sachs and Bank of America reporting. And Bloomberg's Tom Busby has a preview. Higher deposit costs, lower advisory fees expected to weigh on profits at Goldman Sachs, but... It's expected to have benefited from positive momentum in the IPO market, advising on three of the four biggest deals this year. Meantime, thanks to higher lending rates, Bank of America's net interest income is set to rise 2.5%, topping $14 billion. Advertised adjusted earnings at $0.81 a share. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Tom, thanks. Got a warning on interest rates from Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker. He says the central bank should not be thinking about additional rate hikes. He says small businesses are already struggling with higher rates. You might get ready for the fact that a lot of these firms may not make it uh, with the higher rates, mm-hmm. which again feeds back into my view that this is why we should hold rates steady. We should not, at this point, be thinking about any increases. Philadelphia's Patrick Harker's come out as one of the Fed's biggest doves. He says policymakers have already raised rates enough to quell inflation. And we continue to follow the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. A third member of the FTX co-founder's inner circle has been testifying against him. Nishant Singh, FTX's former engineering director, says he felt blindsided when he learned of the exchange's $13 billion shortfall. And Bloomberg's Bob Van Voris has details from the courthouse. Well, certainly the most dramatic part was at the end when he was talking about the slide of FTX and Alameda into bankruptcy. And at the end, he said the accusation that he was getting for helping to blow up the firm had him suicidal. He claims he only knew about the fraud beginning around September of 22 and that he wanted Sam Bankman-Fried to step up and, and take responsibility for all of this. And Bloomberg's Bob Van Voris says prosecutors could wrap up their case by the end of the week. This is Bloomberg. Time now for a look at some other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Former President Trump says he'll appeal a partial gag order imposed by the judge in his election interference case. The order limits what Trump can say about the case, potential witnesses, and the prosecutor, special counsel Jack Smith. At a campaign stop in Iowa, the former president reacted to the order. What they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. Trump arrived in New York overnight and is expected to be in court at his civil fraud trial today. A funeral was held for a young boy who was brutally stabbed to death near Chicago in an attack that's being investigated as a hate crime. Police say the six-year-old and his mother were attacked by their 71-year-old landlord because they're Muslim and because of hatred tied to the Israel-Hamas war. Ahmed Rehab is with the Council on American-Islamic Relations. To what extent was this person radicalized and brainwashed by this lopsided, one-sided atmosphere that has fanned the flames of hatred against Muslims and Palestinians. Belgian police shot and captured a Tunisian man suspected of killing two Swedish football fans as they investigate a possible terrorist-related motive. European cities have been on high alert for possible extremist acts after the attacks by Hamas. But prosecutors said late Monday there is no indication yet of a link to the conflict. A complete ballot count confirms that three coalition parties that vowed to restore democratic standards in Poland together won over 54 percent of the votes in that nation's weekend election that puts them in a position to take power. 
and India's top court has refused to legalize same-sex marriages there, with the chief justice of the country saying it was up to parliament to create such a law. And holiday season spending expected to rise this year versus last year, though the increase among middle-income shoppers is forecast to be far smaller because of the impact of student loans. A Deloitte survey predicts shoppers will spend an average of $1,600, up 14% from last year. Global News, 24 hours a day. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. While we bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, and here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the Phillies won the National League pennant last year as a wildcard team and now trying to do it again. Game one of the National League Championship Series, Phillies hosting Arizona, who had yet to lose of the postseason. Kyle Schwarber hit Zach Gallen's first pitch out for a home run, and then just two batters later. Speaking of no doubters, here's Bryce Harper. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball drilled right center field, way back. Bryce Harper, a solo homer, and the Phillies lead it two to nothing as he circles the bases, and they're going crazy here at the bank. ESPN had to call second inning. Nick Castellanos with his fifth home run in the last three games. Phillies beat the Diamondbacks five to three behind Zach Wheeler. Game two is tonight in Philly. Texas won again, 5-4 at Houston. Rangers yet to lose in this postseason, and they go home up two games to none on the Astros in the ALCS. Kim Ang made history as baseball's first female general manager, but no longer with the Miami Marlins after three years on the job. Clearly some disagreements with ownership. Monday Night Football in L.A., the Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. They bounced back from that 42-10 loss to the 49ers, and they're 10-1 coming off a loss since 2021. Justin Fields, Chicago quarterback, has got a dislocated thumb. He's doubtful for Sunday. Hockey in Washington, the Capitals beat Calgary 3-2 in a shootout. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Intense diplomacy continues in Israel to try to prevent its war with Hamas from spilling into a broader regional conflict. President Biden is about to step into that diplomatic effort. He will be in Israel tomorrow, following up on a whirlwind trip through the region by Secretary of State Antony Blinken. And joining us once again from Tel Aviv is Bloomberg's Israel Bureau Chief Ethan Bronner. And Ethan, it's hard to think of higher stakes for the president to visit a region as Israel is looking more and more prepared for this ground offensive into Gaza. 
You are right, Nathan. It is hard to imagine a higher stake situation. Uh, we have uh, the, the head of CENTCOM, the, 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 the uh, regional um, Pentagon branch that's in charge of this area is here today. We had Lloyd Austin here last week, Tony Blinken yesterday and tomorrow, and of course the president. So, and Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, uh, is here today, going to be here this afternoon. So it's it's a it's an absolutely enormous, complicated effort to try to contain uh, this this conflict. And also, I think you know it's a bit of a bear hug to Israel to say we really love you, we really are behind you, we really feel the horror of what happened on October seventh. But please think very carefully about what you're doing in Gaza. Are we seeing signs, Ethan, that that thought is being put into place? I mean, we've seen reports just this morning of bombing into southern Gaza, the area that Israel had told hundreds of thousands of civilians in the Gaza Strip to flee toward. Indeed. I mean, the... At a briefing, the military spokesman said, look, when we see a target, we go for it. And so he said well, there was a Hamas target and we went after it. I, I, I can't speak to the, you know, exactly what they saw and what they got, but that was his response to that. Um, I am not seeing any, any evidence that there will be a restraint on the Israeli side, but I do think that every day that goes by, uh, with greater international support and help. And, you know, and the Blinken sat in on the war cabinet yesterday. It is possible that there will be a kind of massaging effect on Israeli rage and thinking as it moves forward. It's very hard to tell. But every day that goes by, and I don't think that there'll be a ground offensive when President Biden is in the region. So that means there probably won't be a ground offensive for at least 72 hours, you know. Uh, things can shift. But there is a, a very, very strong determination. You and I have been speaking about this for days mm -hmm. on the Israeli side to to take a kind of fatal blow attempt at Hamas. In the meantime, Secretary Blinken said last night that Israel has agreed to work with the U.S. on a plan to get more humanitarian aid into Gaza. I mean, we have seen the difficulty that uh, that uh, surrounds that, uh, particularly at the Rafah border crossing into Egypt. What signs are we seeing at this point uh, that humanitarian aid is getting into Gaza? Uh, I don't think we're seeing much yet. There's still talk of it. Uh, there's been water that turned on. There is uh, there is some some stuff coming in, and and, and there is a, a small deal brewing to apparently let out some people out of uh, Rafah. I'm assuming these are dual national residents or visitors of of Gaza. Uh, an, an advisor to the Prime Minister of Israel spoke on Bloomberg Radio just a, a little while ago, saying that this deal is underway. Um, so I don't know, but there's some, some clearly some effort. I mean, the, I think the the insistence uh, to Israel to be as careful as possible about civilians is having some impact. And as far as uh, getting aid in at this point, protecting civilians, what more can we say about that? Uh, particularly when we're seeing these reports about uh, attacks into southern Gaza, is there more being done to try to protect civilians in the region? To the best of my knowledge, there is some attempt, and uh, and the way that the Israelis spoke a week or ten days ago 
uh, in, with a kind of uh, anger about uh, civilians are really not that different from combatants down there. That has shifted. The, they now speak about making every effort to limit civilian uh, casualties. I think that everyone understands that huge numbers of civilian casualties will have an effect on the region. Uh, and I think that uh, Tony Blinken's travels this week have shown the last days anyway, have shown uh, the Israelis and the Americans that there is a lot, a lot of anxiety on the streets of the Arab world. And so uh, if they can do something to show that they are limiting that, that's going to be important in keeping out Hezbollah uh, from Lebanon and getting involved. So yes, there, there seems to be some effort for sure. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.